What is going on, misfortunate listeners? It is I, your fearless leader. Today, I am solo dolo on this bitch. Uh, today, we have telekinetic yetis Alex in the studio with us. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great. Yeah, man. I was so blown away by your performance in October, I believe. No, it was uh, <laughs> September, right? Uh, let me think here. Uh, it must have been like August. Yeah, it, I was, I was, I was absolutely blown away. Uh, my co-host normally has some pretty good music taste, and he told me about you guys and how he saw you in 2016 in Chicago. He said you guys were from Dubuque, and I was like, "Well, let me try to get a hold of these guys." And I have been waiting for you guys for so long for you guys to play a show here in Dubuque. What is it like being back? It was really. It was really great. Um, that stage uh, at the lift there, that's the stage uh, we kind of grew up on, playing lots of shows and different bands over the years. So it, uh, yeah, had been a really long time. Actually, I'm trying to think. Last time we played Dubuque, um, I think was maybe December 2019. So it had definitely been a few years. So yeah, uh, I, I felt, that felt, was... felt... Go ahead. No, I was just saying it just felt really great to be back and see all our friends and everyone we uh, went to shows with growing up, you know? Yeah, I actually heard about uh, whenever I was doing my little poking around uh, trying to learn about you guys, uh, I was told that you guys used to play all-age shows back at the lift uh, when you were in high school. Yeah, back, uh, let's see, I was in a couple different bands back then. Um Drift and Gunpoint Crush um, were the bands back then that I was a part of. Um, and I was briefly also in a band called Prosthetic Face. Uh, so when did be. when did Telekinetic Eddie form? Uh, that was 2015. 2015. So has it? Mm -hmm. al it's always been a two piece, right? When did you decide to just say fuck a bass player? I'm gonna load up uh, a bass rig and a guitar rig and just run them through my guitar yeah that was the the whole idea from the start of this band this is like a concept i had had for a while of just wanting to do a two-piece band so this was uh yeah from the start it was just like yeah let's just have it just be guitar and drums you know so how collectively long do you think you've been playing live shows um like between all my bands or just as yeti or oh no it's all your bands like how long have you been on the stage you know whenever i saw you it's such good stage presence i mean you at a lot of points during your show you would get right up close and personal with the people in the crowd playing yeah. just jamming your fucking head off hell yeah yeah um let's see here well the first show i ever played at the lift was maybe Jeez, I want to say like 19 years ago or so. Yeah, so that was a long time ago. Um, and I want to say I was like 16 or 15, roughly. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I don't know, it was just uh, even before that, we played a place called Boulevard Joe's that was like a coffee shop, Lores Boulevard. But uh, yeah, so. I've pretty much been in bands um, for the majority of the last, like, 19 years. There's only been short periods where I wasn't. Um, 
some of the other bands I was in in Dubuque um, also are Lost Apparitions and Wretches. And those are the last couple bands I, I had done before starting Yandy. So whenever you started doing these shows, uh, I mean, how does it feel to be doing these shows, to be going from playing, you know, being 16, doing these local gigs at your coffee shops, all age shows to now touring the fucking United States. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels amazing. I mean, it's, uh, it's something I, you know, always wanted to do. And we've been, you know, fortunate enough in this band to be able to go on a, a bunch of tours and, uh, you know, and then obviously like everybody else, things were halted during the pandemic and like now, but now being back at it, just feels really good and we're just really happy to be able to play shows again and tour and everything so i bet man i bet the pandemic was devastating to a lot of people uh during the pandemic did you write a lot of the you know new album primordial um some of it um uh but most of it was written i guess before the pandemic um fully like kicked in um then we recorded that in April of 2020. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a great sound to it, man. My favorite song on that fucking album is ghost train. What is the one song that you were most proud of? Hmm. Um, I really love all the songs, but if I had to pick one, I don't know. It would probably either be maybe Ancient Nog or maybe Stoned Ape Theory. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do you guys ever play any of your old album? Um, yeah, uh, we play like this last tour we did. We played uh, Stoned and Feathered and Abominable. Um, those were the only two songs uh, that we were playing off the first album uh, on our most recent tour. Uh, the rest was all just new material from Primordial. Yeah, just kind of showcasing it off. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So how did you and Rockwell meet? Um, me and Rockwell met. Um, initially, me and he him met quite a few years back. Um, I want to say it was either like through some mutual friends or like my brother, perhaps. Um, yeah, so we we've known each other set for like over 10 years, probably. And then we had actually previously we were had been in a band years ago called Wretches uh, for a while. Um, and then he had actually gone off to music school in St. Paul. So, um, with Yeti now, with him joining, it's, you know, kind of old friends, uh, meeting back up again to try and make new songs. So that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. He, yeah. He's easy. Definitely character, man. We met him at, uh, at the end of the show. Uh, whenever I met <laughs> you, uh, you had a you had a fan walk up and try to smoke a joint with you. What is the craziest thing a fan has tried to you know get you to do? Get you to, I mean, you get a lot of joints. I mean, you are a stoner death metal band. Yeah, uh, yeah, we definitely get a lot of joints, and it's nice. You know, it's <laughs> it's uh, I don't know when you're on the road, it's um, 
can be taxing on the body and everything like that, you know? So it's, it's, it definitely is a nice thing to have on the road. So. Oh yeah. Uh, you guys definitely stopped in Colorado and uh, checked out the, the crater. What'd you think about that? Uh, the crater that we went to was actually in Arizona. Arizona. Uh, yeah. I want to say that was Arizona. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that crater was very, very cool. Um, I think it was just called meteor crater and it was, it was really interesting because you first go down into it and it's, you know, really massive, but it's kind of hard to get an idea of like how huge it is just by looking at it. But it's really interesting because they have a couple like uh, binocular type things you could look through mm-hmm. and there's like, they have like a astronaut suit like way down deep in there and, when you look through there and you see a holy cow and then you look at it with the naked eye like that speck is the size of a person and then you look at the whole place it's like wow this is massive you know what i mean (laughs) so yeah uh was was that like one of your favorite things that you saw on the road i mean you you traveled all over Mm -hmm. the place yeah i would say um that was definitely one of the highlights or like um coolest kind of like uh sightseeing type thing that we got to do I guess like um this last tour we did you know was two months and uh most of the days were really long drives uh like often six to eight hours or more so Jesus fuck dude yeah so there wasn't like a whole lot of um downtime to do a whole ton of like sightseeing and exploring but um the crater was cool also in Michigan, we um, we got to hang out there by the lake. Uh, I forget which one it was, uh, but that was really pretty and cool. But there was um, which what should we call it? Uh, an algae bloom or whatever. So they were suggesting not to go in the water and stuff like that. So <laughs> that was kind of interesting. But like, but people were like down there anyway. Like with their kids and swimming oh, in it. And it's just kind of like, okay, uh, <laughs> this seems sort of questionable, but, you know, I guess that's up to them, you know, so whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was cool. Uh, I always love just the drives, really, just um, a lot of times just seeing the landscapes, you know, changing across the U.S. It's, I don't know. I guess some people that haven't seen a lot of it don't always realize like um, there's so much cool landscapes and scenery like right here in the U.S. Like you don't even have to really go to a, a different country to see some really cool to see some really cool stuff. You know, so I don't know. yeah. I mean, I, I honestly take uh, living in the Midwest for granted sometimes. I mean, I hate it. I, I moved out east. Uh, I, I lived in North Carolina for a while. And I could honestly never get enough of the beach. But whenever I came back after a year being over there, I, I saw, you know, hills and, and farmlands. And it was like, you know, this there, there are just moments that are just breathtakingly beautiful. You're driving down a, a dirt road and you see like the sunset and you got all the purples and all the fucking reds and, and the yellows. And it's just, it, it is breathtaking. And, and you're right. A lot of people, yeah. you know, don't take advantage enough of the beauty that we actually have here in the country right no totally and i also understand a lot of people you know can't afford to and 
I guess one of the huge reasons I've obviously been able to see so much of it is just by doing the band thing, you know, so I understand traveling is expensive, especially right now, you know, with the gas prices and everything, it's tough, but I agree with you 1000% though, because I, and I felt the same way a lot about like, uh, growing up in Dubuque, you kind of take it for granted, you don't really realize how pretty it is in certain ways and everything, and then as you see the whole country, yeah, there is a lot of places more, like, spectacular and grand and just, like, holy fuck, you know, for beauty and stuff like that. But there's a lot of areas of the country that aren't very pretty either. So, oh, no, actually, yeah. uh, the Midwest, especially in the summer and the fall, it is really pretty. And especially Dubuque right there along the river with all the hills and stuff. It's It's cool. It's a good spot. Yeah, uh, whenever I first moved here three years ago, um, it was nighttime. It was when we had that uh, polar vortex apocalypse during the winter time, man. It was fucking terrible. Oh, there was shit. ice all yeah. over the place. Uh, there was ice everywhere. Snow up to my fucking uh, my my knees. Like coming from the beach, I didn't have any fucking jeans, nothing. I just came here in fucking shorts and a jacket. And I remember riding down the hill to get into the view. You know how it's got that giant like rock formation going down into locust high b yeah it, yeah it was absolutely i was like wow this is this is where i'm going to be living now this is fucking awesome yeah yeah oh it's very very pretty yeah sometimes those hills though get a little dangerous obviously with the ice. scary man it's fucking terrifying anytime oh. uh, anytime my work alarm goes off in the morning it's like fuck i get to risk my life just going to this hell hole <laughs> Yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, for a while there, some years back, I lived on Loris Boulevard right there on the hill. So there was a lot of times just looking out my window, I saw like cars just straight up sliding sideways down the hill and stuff, you know, when it was really, really bad and icy and stuff. And it's crazy. It's dangerous. <laughs> just, a, just a typical uh, winter, winter death trap in Iowa. No big deal. Uh, yes. So with with uh, with traveling, you said you know how it, how it can be really cost effective and or not cost effective, how it's very costly. Um, yeah. Does does your record label TP Records take care of any of that stuff? How, like, where does their help end? Um, well, so as far as uh, TP Records, uh, they they just help us with the release of the record. Um, essentially and you know help us uh be with funding videos and stuff like that and uh they they do some promotional stuff as well but um touring is kind of it's kind of like our own thing they're not really as like directly involved in that i guess if that makes sense yeah it's like the record specifically i mean that's cool it definitely helps out with expenses because i mean we're, we're, I mean, you know what it's like to be a, to be a independent artist. Uh, we're working on getting shirts and merch and all this other shit. It's just so fucking expensive, man. So, yeah, I, I mean, any kind of, any kind of help, I guess, from any, any source is definitely, you know, welcomed, but God fucking starting up sucks so much ass. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think maybe, maybe people understand, maybe they don't, but I feel like just in general, the average person probably doesn't understand like how much goes into getting a band up and running and and being successful with it and getting the word out there it's a lot of uphill battles you know and it's 
Yeah, to do it right, it's definitely expensive. Like to get good merch and to work with good artists and get good recordings, it's definitely not free, you know. So it's it's a tough it's a tough hump to get over, so to speak, you know. So yeah, and it's it's a it's a slow and steady race, man. It's you know you got to build your brand, you got to build your image, you got to have a fan base. And speaking of fan base, how does it fucking feel? To I mean, like. I keep bringing this up how it feels, but like, it's crazy to like, I don't know, to put myself in your situation, you went from being 16, playing local shows, playing the coffee shop, like you said earlier, to having 10,000 plus listeners a month, man. That's fucking insane. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, you know, it's nice that people are, you know, taking note and paying attention and everything you know or, uh, it's i guess i don't know i've been a lot of in a lot of bands over the years and uh i don't know honestly i think a lot of those bands were good you know but also in ways i've like learned all kinds of things like not to do too you know what i mean like you just keep at it you keep getting better keep progressing but i think most bands really underestimate like uh just like what they have to do to get the word out there and everything like that and yeah so with with the name telekinetic yeti uh mm-hmm. are you into cryptids i mean is that is that your your niche or what, like how did you land on that name <laughs> um basically i just like had this idea for this you know the band and i was uh writing riffs and things and just I wanted to have a name that was um, attention grabbing and that just, I thought kind of represented how the music sounded sounded in some way or another. And I just thought that a Yeti was fitting and cool um, and just fit the vibe of the riffs basically. And um, I thought it would be cool if the Yeti had some sort of supernatural power or something like that and i was just kind of looking at a list of different powers and whatever and one of them was telekinetic and i was like telekinetic yeti it's like oh that's pretty cool and looked and no band existed with that name and i was like holy shit because a lot of good like a lot of names are taken like almost anything you could possibly think of is pretty much taken for band names. So to find one that's good and that isn't is hard. <laughs> yeah, we uh, whenever I was probably in my 20s, uh, I tried to start a band with my co-host uh, and we were going to go by the name Caligula. And uh-huh. I completely did not know that there was a band called Caligula's Horse. And I was like, well, that just shot this fucking thing out of the water. So I Oh, totally. totally. Yeah, then finding a name for the podcast, that was a bitch. I actually had some random person tell me, he's like, what if you did Meta Misfortune? I was like, I, I don't hate it. It's not like the worst thing I've ever heard. And I looked it up and I was like, it's not being taken. So like, fuck it. Let's do it. Full send. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think it works. So yeah, thank you. Uh yeah. So what are your, what are your influences? I mean, being a stoner doom metal band, I mean, a lot of people associate you with, with Black Sabbath. Do you, I mean, did you get a lot of your influences from them? Um, 
Yeah, on some level. I mean, um, I guess uh, as far as I'm trying to think of where to start almost. Uh, you know, I started playing guitar when I was 10 years old. And when I first started, I was learning just like, you know, really simple stuff like Green Day and like Blink-182 and like whatever. And learned some like Nirvana and stuff like that. And Silverchair, that was a band that like, those are just some of the first bands I started learning some of their songs. Then I remember I learned how to play Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. And I guess that's kind of like a typical funny thing that yeah. people joke about. So when learning, right? But learning that song did, start making me better as a guitarist because there's like some different chords in there that are harder there's like different things you know and uh let's see so i got into like led zeppelin Jimi hendrix that was like a huge one and that was one that was like really inspiring to me to want to play electric guitar um but then i guess i don't know when i was like around 16 um the band at the drive-in was a Hell huge influence on me. Yes, dude. Fuck yes. Hell yes. They were one of the bands that like changed it everything for me from like I don't know, going from listening to a lot more just kind of like radio friendly, whatever mm-hmm. stuff poppy to kind of I don't know, I guess branching out into different things and eventually getting the heavier and heavier stuff. Um, but yeah, so at the drive-in was a big influence on me, uh, as I was getting better as a guitar player and, uh, the Mars Volta, that was like another huge one. Um, and then I guess, uh, Meshuggah is a big, I I, I don't know, I guess I just, I like a lot of like stuff that's like fairly progressive, but like that still kicks ass, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like dorky progressive, you know what I mean? It's like like in a cool way yeah yeah no i totally get you (laughs) yeah but uh but then like as far as uh like more obvious influences i guess or like you know uh like for yeti specifically like i don't know some of the influences i probably shine through the most are yeah like black sabbath sleep sleep you know great maybe electric wizard a little bit i don't know it's just uh but I don't know it's just um let's see the sword like their album age of winters is one that i really love and they actually just announced that they just broke up actually yep but um the sword is really good elder is really good i don't know there's a lot of really good stuff out there but honestly a lot of times it's listening to bands like Meshuggah or bands of like weird timing stuff or just mm-hmm. whatever that will like kind of inspire me to be like I want to go pick up my guitar and write a Yeti song actually like you hear something maybe that kind of influences the fuck out of you to the point where you're like alright I need to go pick up my guitar and play something or I'm going to like go nuts well I just really love uh, just heavy stuff and I love I love it when bands do something timing wise or something with the riff or just something with the change of the part that just really grabs you or just feels really fresh or there was just something they did with it that you're like, oh, I never would have thought of that. And that's fucking awesome. Like just hearing 
yeah just heavy off time like whatever stuff is often what like inspires me to just want to go like pick up my guitar oh another another band that i really like too is bong ripper uh as far as like doom bands um bong ripper you know we've done multiple tours now with weed eater and we have one coming up again with them they're another amazing band i don't know there's so many good bands that um you know, I could name off that I love, I guess, in the genre, so to speak. But I guess usually when I'm writing, it's just kind of really coming from within kind of, I'm not really thinking of anything in particular, if that makes any sense. Just like zoning out just, and doing your thing. I just usually get really high, hit record, <laughs> and just like sometimes what happens is good and sometimes what happens isn't good you know but you just as a writer you sort through kind of like okay sometimes i'll do something like that was fucking badass and then start branching off of that you know so that's that's really fucking cool uh what's your favorite mars volta album i'm, um, I'm a huge 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 mars volta fan and when you said at the drive-in dude it just fucking made my whole day hell yeah uh so for the Mars Volta, my favorite album of theirs, I don't know if this is like the typical response or not really, but Deloused in the Comatorium. Mm-hmm. That's probably like my all-time favorite, but I have to say their first EP, Tremulant, from mm-hmm. before that before that came out, that's that's right up there, like with Deloused for me. Like they're they're both really interesting and Shit, when I heard both of those albums, like, when I was younger, they completely just blew me the fuck away. <laughs> Changes you as a person, man. I'm telling you, I, I have the same uh, musical background uh, growing up. It was a lot of radio-friendly stuff. My uh, dad was super, super into Zeppelin and Kiss. And yeah, Kiss, yeah. Kiss was all right for me. It was, it's a hit or miss. But Zeppelin, with all the, with all the blues it's just it, it's so fucking good so i totally see where you're coming from and i remember like breaking away i i want to say it was probably like around like american rejects and i was like holy fuck there's there's other music like what do you mean there's other fucking music and it kind of yeah, just yeah. off from there man so i totally understand oh yeah for sure you know and it's kind of funny even going back further um well, I guess around that time too, like, uh, before I personally had, you know, internet with, uh, like, you know, uh, a Napster type service or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like another band I liked around the time I was first starting to play guitar is Limp Biscuit. Hell too, you know? yeah. Did it all <laughs> for the nookie baby. Let's fucking go. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You can say what you want about Limp Biscuit. I know they're a band that gets a lot of hate and, you know, whatever. I guess some could argue that they're this or that or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, you do have to admit their music is very catchy. Dude, and, and it, back I mean, at- it, it bumps, man. And it, it gets you, like, aggressive. Like, it makes you want to, like, like obviously they have, they have break stuff. And you're like, fuck, I want to fucking destroy my room right now. <laughs> Yeah, like, some of that stuff's funny. Like, I feel like sometimes, like, lyrically, they're not exactly, like, always my exact cup of tea, but it's funny, though. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, there's there's something silly about it, I guess, in a sense. But, but you know, at that time period, um, back before I had, you know, music downloading, 
you know, as far as radio, whatever bands or bands that were on like the box or MTV, like they were like one of the heavier bands that were cool. <laughs> New metal, man. It was fucking solid when it was at its time. I mean, I still love it, dude. Uh, just like two nights ago, I was listening to Blind by Corn. I, I, I love new metal, and the fact that it's gone is kind of disappointing. I mean, I, I, I love oh, yeah. it now. I don't want any more, but like, I'm totally fine with it. And uh, Fred Durst, man, he does get a lot of fucking hate for reasons I, I don't understand. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's got a couple. He's got a couple like parts in some of his songs where he sounds a little bit whiny, but that's just his like vocal range, right? And, and that that's like the only thing I'm like, eh. But everything else is great, man. It gets me in the mood. Yeah. Fucking anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, I I can't recall. I feel like there was like some specific things that he maybe did that made people kind of like I don't know. Think I don't know. I I, I swear that they did something douchey. I can't really remember. I, I, but the one thing the one thing I could think of is probably like the '99 Woodstock. But mm-hmm. like. A lot of that wasn't their fault. They were just, you know, they're just the, the band that was playing and people just lost their absolute fucking minds. Right, right. No, for sure. And yeah, that's unfortunate what happened with that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, another another band around that time when I was first starting to play guitar that was a huge influence as well. That's probably obvious is Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like out of a lot of those um, so-called rap metal bands or whatever you want to call it, new metal, I feel like Rage Against the Machine definitely like stood the test of time, probably the best. I'm I'm pretty sure they're back on tour, right? They're they're playing shows again, I think. Yeah, I heard I heard they were, and uh, what was it? I'm pretty sure Zach, their singer hurt his leg or something so i think that maybe they had postponed some things but i'm not uh, exactly oh uh, what a fucking bummer yeah um, so i have a question about your guitar you said you were a big hendrix fan is that is that why you got the v you know that probably uh i feel like that is at least partially the inspiration you know like uh or even mostly maybe i don't know when i was quite young um remember one time i went I went to the mall with my mom and got a Hendrix DVD. And at at a certain point, it was a live DVD, basically just like a live show. And at a certain point in that, he busted out the V. And I was just like, holy shit, that's fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, yeah, I don't know. That was definitely a big part of the reason. But I don't know. I just love how they look, really. I think they're... I think they're one of the coolest looking guitars, so it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it just I, is what it is, and I, I just, I don't know. I just love the vibe, so. It definitely fits you. It definitely fits you. Uh, your your vocal range is insane. Have you have you always been the front man for your groups, or have you just been the, the, the guitar guy until Yeti came around? Yeah, uh, it's been a mix of some different stuff. Uh my first band I was ever in, Drift, I was the vocalist. Uh, my band Gunpoint Crush, I was not the vocalist, although I did do some backups. And then, let's see here, Wretches, uh, we did a, a couple shows where I did the vocals, but I, don't know, I guess for a long time I just 
wanted to have vocalists and stuff like that. Uh, it was just, you know, easier and just whatever. I could just focus on playing the guitar and just going fucking crazy, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, but, have a, you have a song on the album where you just shred, right? I'm, I'm almost positive where it's like a three minute long song where you just fucking just shred the entire time, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I'm not exactly sure which one in particular. Are you talking about where it's just the guitar? It's just the guitar. It's yeah, just that, the guitar. One's, that one's light in a dying world. And I think it's maybe around a minute and a half or two minutes or something. But yeah. So sorry, what, was, what were you wondering about that one? Uh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> It's all good. I, okay. I, I've been I've been smoking. Uh, oh, me too. I was just smoking as well, and it's hit me hit me hard. I guess <laughs> pretty good stuff. So. Uh, while you were in Colorado, I mean, while you're in all these legal states, you're you're back in Iowa. Fucking bummer. There's no legal weed. Where is the best weed shop you went to? And what was this? Do you remember what the fucking strain was called? Because fuck, I'd love to smoke weed. You're smoking right now. Um, you're wondering what the best strain is that we had on the whole tour, yeah. or just and the end of the yeah. that you went to? Yeah, um, hmm, it's a really good question. You know, I smoked. <laughs> I don't know. I smoked a lot of different stuff, and jeez, uh, you know, it's it's honestly kind of hard to remember exactly which was which. Uh, are you are but, you are you normally like a indica or sativa guy? Um, it depends. I do generally, uh, like, I don't know. I usually go for a sativa, uh, like probably my favorite strain. One of my favorite strains ever is Jack Harar. Mm. I think that's how you say it. Uh, and that's a sativa and it's very, uh, uplifting and kind of a bit more energizing, but I also love like indicas like i like cushes like just kush in general and i don't like a lot of different stuff but uh let's see slurricane that's a good one that i know i had on the tour um geez specific dispensaries my memory is too too fucked to be able to tell you (laughs) Uh, dude, you're good. You're good. It's been a couple months, so I totally get it. Are you, are you excited for this new uh, new tour that you're about to do? You just got home. You just got fucking home. Yeah. And you're about to fucking leave again. God damn, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to really be inactive for long periods of time. And the only reason we were here last time is the COVID stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh we're excited to be back out and yeah, November 10th through November 20th with Weed Eater um, starting in, I think we start in North Carolina and kind of do some like Upper East Coast stuff. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like I, we just absolutely love touring with those guys. They just fucking absolutely crush it every night and have the coolest like fans and everything so it's going to be super fun so alex what is the biggest band you guys have played with or toured with um probably either clutch or black label society so did you get to meet zach wilde yeah briefly 
for brief i mean that's that's something that's cool as fuck though yeah uh basically um we were there uh getting set up ready to sound check and he came up and introduced himself and uh well he didn't introduce himself he asked who we were and shook our hand and everything and oh, yeah. it was pretty surreal you know so it was very really cool a, are you a big fan of them i mean was it like something that's like almost meeting your hero type deal or was it i mean because zach's a fucking a shredder man yeah for sure uh, i mean they're definitely a really great band um they weren't like one of the ones that i listened to all the time or anything growing up but obviously um I have massive respect for it, and I think they're great. And obviously, him working with Ozzy is amazing. And you know, it was definitely, definitely one of the highlights of my career to get to meet him. That was very fucking cool. So, hell yeah! So, man, I got I got one more question, and we got to call it a day. Uh, what do you? I mean, you said earlier that you like to keep busy. What do you do during your downtime whenever you're home off a tour? Is it is it mostly just recuperating or what? Um, yeah, it it depends. Um, you know, a lot of the time in the band, uh, especially when it was getting off the ground, like I had you know different jobs and things like that uh, during the day and stuff. Uh, but currently, um, I I'm not working or anything. I've just been uh, laying low, and I guess. Yeah, it took it did take a bit to recover after that last tour. That two month one was like super intense, and uh, you know I've just been uh, just kind of casually writing some new music, just uh, starting to do a little bit of brainstorming and whatever for the next album. So, do you have any uh, new yeah. songs written for the new album? Yeah, I do. Um, actually, have a whole bunch whole bunch of different ideas and it's just kind of a matter of uh, you know just kind of a matter of sorting through and deciding what to use what not what not to use it's usually just like a process that I don't like to rush too much I usually I'll just kind of know when I have uh, the correct selection of songs that I feel like is the album that I want to put out you know nice but I just feel like it's it's good to just kind of be always writing when you can, you know. And a lot of the times with the band stuff, once you get an album out and then you're touring all the time, sometimes you'll get offer after offer after offer. It can be really easy for like a year to disappear and you haven't, you know, hardly written anything because you're just always either on tour or recuperating from tour getting ready to go on tour that there's just you know not a lot of time so yeah we, I'm write sure. when we, we work on it when we can you know and, oh, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure you get like a lot of creative blocks whenever you're on the road I mean you're just seeing the same thing over and over again except for you know new landscapes and stuff that we talked about earlier I'm sure it, it, I'm sure in your position I'm sure it gets really fucking difficult sometimes well it's just uh wouldn't really say that it's just um creativity takes time and i think that um you know it's just how would i say it uh like you know you write you write i like i write material 
all the time, you know, every time I pick up my guitar and I'm improvising, I'm sort of writing in a sense, you know, and like, it's, uh, I don't know. It just, it just takes time, you know, um, until you, I don't know, just write enough stuff that you feel like is a record, you know, I don't know. Dude. I cannot thank you enough, Alex. Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope your next tour goes fantastic. I Please let me know the next time you guys are going to be in Dubuque. Cannot wait to see you again. That is Alex from Telekinetic Yeti. Check out their album, Primordial. It is 11 songs of straight stoner doom metal. It is fan-fucking-tastic. If you haven't heard it by now, they've got a music video on YouTube called Ancient Nug. Alex, if you want to plug anything, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, we'll be uh, on tour uh november 10th to 20th with um with weed eater and uh our new album primordial is out right now through tp records you can go to their website tprecords.com and pick up a copy of the new record or anytime we're playing shows we have them for sale as well so be sure to check that out and uh yeah thanks so much for having me and it was it was fun chatting so Dude, it was an honestly uh, a huge privilege. I wish my uh, co-host Riley would have been here. Uh, he he would have been able to talk about the memories of, of 2016 seeing you to, you know, just seeing you two months ago and how everything's changed. Again, yeah. thank you so much for being on. It has been an honor to talk to you, dude. I cannot wait to see you again. Fucking stay heavy. I just, I, I cannot thank you enough, honestly. Uh, yeah. I believe we're out. Stay misfortunate and always listen to mom.